What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. I'm excited to be bringing you guys a different type of episode today, where I'm going to be talking to you guys about trend analysis with an expert, Eric Thies. What's up, Eric? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. So let's get right into things here. Uh, when did you get started with trading in general? Was it Forex, stocks? What got you into it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started in equities about two to three years ago. Uh, mainly trading OTC, uh, and then kind of worked my way into NASDAQ, uh, you know, few, few stocks here or there, uh, and then kind of started playing the options game a little bit, and that was about the time in early 2017 that Litecoin and, I mean, Bitcoin in general, just crypto was blowing up, so kind of took my attention away from traditional markets and started, started investing lightly in, in crypto, and then by, you know, by summertime, it was, uh, I realized the potential in it. And so at that point I was just more of a holder and just not really actively trading. And then it about October to November of last year, I started really ramping up the, the technical analysis, the, you know, the day to day, you know, swing trading and everything in between. When you started getting into technical analysis with cryptocurrency, uh, were you like looking at coins that you're holding that you follow certain trends with, like which coins did you pick and why? <clears throat> Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So when I started it, you know, when I started doing my TA and just kind of looking at these charts, uh, I didn't really have a set way that I was going about it. I was mainly just looking at the ones I was invested in. Uh, and then this was right when all, you know, prior to right before all season in the winter. So everything was kind of the setup started looking really good. Uh, and then everywhere I looked, basically every altcoin and the majority of every coin just looked fantastic. So I, I really just started diving in, covering a lot of them um, outside of what I was investing in. Uh, if anything, it created more FOMO for me, but at the same time too, it really just let me focus in on, on my strategy uh, and kind of get better with the industry as, as these coins were maturing and getting ready to run and whatnot. I was actually going to ask you this. So you mentioned that you do long-term investing with cryptocurrency well as well. So I've met a few traders out there that don't do any type of long-term investing with cryptocurrency for their own specific reasons. What coins do you like for the long-term? Well, so what I try to explain to people, uh, great question, by the way. So what I try to explain to people is if you go on CoinMarketCap or any of these sites that kind of record the the market over the past four years, because that's arguably when it started taking form outside of Bitcoin. Uh, if you look at the top 25 coins from, from 2014, 2015, so on and so forth, even last year, the top 25, I'd say about 15 to 20 of them were different. Uh, and a, basically 24 of them were in different spaces. The only one that stayed number one is Bitcoin. And that's the only space that's maintained. Right. So what I try to explain to people is when it comes to, when it comes to crypto and in a space that's growing as fast as it is and changing as fast as it is, uh, you know, it's the top 10 to top five are going to be your ones that are, are the most consistent. The market cap's going to stay there. It's going to continue to grow. So, you know, that's your, your, uh, your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, your Litecoin, your Bcash, unfortunately, um, XRP, XL, you know, Stellar, all those. Now, in terms of long-term holds itself, this is where your ICOs are going to, you're going to want to see your ICOs. So, you know, when you look at Verge or X, you know, uh, XVG, and you see that people bought it at ICO last year at what, two or four sats, and the thing ran to 2000. 
So if you put, you know, a thousand dollars in it in January, do the math on what it would have been by, you know, January, 2018, that that's more of the long-term hold that I feel. Um, a hold, holding is more of a, it's actually kind of interesting. You mentioned it because holding is more relative to someone, you know, if I want to, depends where you bought it and depends where you want to go with it. You know, you don't want to buy, if you bought, if you bought Litecoin at $400 or 350, it's probably a long-term hold at this point. If you're still, yeah. um, whereas I originally bought it at $6 and no matter how high it goes or how low it goes, it's kind of still like a, a positive hold. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. So, uh, with those specific currencies, you recommend like a diverse portfolio because I know a lot of people are starting into micro craps. I see that's all over the place on Twitter and stuff. So do you have like an evenly diversified portfolio in the sense of, you know, having, you know, I guess what you could say a few blue chips, uh, a few, you know, coins, maybe in the top, you know, 10 to 50 and then micro caps. I'm trying to see what other people are starting to feel on these micro caps out there. Yeah. So. When it comes to holding in general, I try to hold the majority of, so I've got an external drive with all my long-term holds on it, right? And so that I, I hold about 60% to 70% of that in Bitcoin. And then about what, uh, 20 to 25% of that in other top, top 10 alts. And then I'll put about 10% of that into micro caps. Now I also have a swing trade bag that I, you know, whatever's on Binance, Bitrix, KuCoin, all that fun stuff. What I try to balance though, is that these micro caps are, you know, I'm a, I'm a gambler at heart, but that I don't recommend that to, to other people. So like right now I'm re, uh, relatively heavily invested in, a, in PCN or dApps. Uh, it's like 15 Satoshi right now, but I don't, it's all risk management and what you want to risk. You know, if you want to diversify and lower your risk by having more, you know, high caps, you can do that. Or if you want to go into a, you know, the gem mid cap to low cap kind of OTC stuff, that's going to be a lot more uh, risky, but it can also pay off as well. Oh yeah, of course. You know, it's funny because uh, you know, a lot of different people are starting to, you know, feel their way into it. And it's absolutely crazy, man, from seeing all these different cryptocurrencies in the, the insane amount of multipliers that they've seen, even when Bitcoin's down like this, like it's absolutely nuts just seeing the type of gains that can be made. I haven't, uh, I haven't personally done too much investing into the micro cap space yet. Time has yielded for me to sit down and just do all the research and stuff like that. But um, a lot of people have conflicting views that have come up to me and talked to me and they're like, Oh, you know, they, they're investing into a certain coin and, uh, the fundamental analysis is strong. They like the fundamental analysis of it over time, but you know they start to get worried. The charts start to look bad. When do you look at fundamental analysis over trend analysis? So the approach I take to it, because I was an investor in the space before I became a trader in the space, uh, and the approach that I take to it, and I, I, I posted on Twitter a few days ago, but basically... I use fundamental analysis in terms of deciding what to invest in. Uh, now, if it's like a swing trade or something's trending on Binance and, you know, I don't, I may not necessarily, I might FOMO in, I'm not promising I don't just run into it. Right. But I use the, uh, I use fundamentals to just kind of base what to invest in. Whereas I use technicals in terms of when to invest. So, you know, if what, if I'm looking at the Bitcoin chart right now and I wanted to make a long-term investment in it, I would not. <laughs> because the technicals are absolute garbage uh, with this dump going on. But fundamentally, 
I'm a fan of the white paper. I love the, you know, the concept. So when it gets to a point where the technicals align with the quality of the fundamentals, then I'd make a move and move in. Yeah, that's actually really well said. I like that. I like the way you phrased that there. <laughs> uh, so... there's, there's too many people. I think there's too many people that it's one or the other, right? And so I'll get people commenting back on my Twitter like, oh, you don't give a damn about the fundamentals. And it's like, well, that's really not true. I just report what's going on in the technicals. And then for my personal investments, I, I the fundamentals are – you can't have a good coin without strong fundamentals, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're holding a coin for the long term that – you don't believe in what are you doing holding that coin you know uh so you know right now being the fact that we're in a bear market a lot of people have taken l's from the top right a lot of people got in in december a lot of people uh you know thought that the market would continuously keep going up and obviously it did not do that um so people entered into long-term positions way back then. Now, when would you say you'd close a long-term position? Would you have stop losses set in place for a long-term position if a market had a major reversal like it did so far? So it does depend on where my entry was and how far it's fallen. You know, if I, I go into a, when I go into an investment, not just a trade, but an investment, I need an exit strategy, uh, just in case, you know, the, bur- the building burns down, for lack of a better term. And yeah. Some would argue that the building has already burned down here. Uh, but if you got in at the right time, you know, Tron went up 8,000% from November to December, and it's only pulled back like 75, which sounds like a lot, but that's still a huge gain from where it was. But, you know, it's all relative to where someone got in. So what I, what I recommend to people is when they go into those investments – you need an exit plan because it I know from personal experience, both in crypto um, and then other, you know, other aspects of my life, seeing that kind of cash flow when you wake up in the morning or whatever the routine was in December, January, and you your jaw drops and you look at your phone and you're like, like <laughs> Lambo, you know, like I don't I don't say that often either. It's it it's kind of a high. And so I think a lot of people were on that high when these markets started crashing and they just kept buying more and more and nothing came out of it. So a lot of people ended up wrecked and they still are wrecked. Um, but you know, just like everything else in life, there's, there's swings up and there's swings down. So as, as, as high as people felt, they're going to feel just as low, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the way that I figured it, man. When I, when I entered into this market, my friend told me about it. You know, I started thinking that, you know, this is absolutely nuts. I, I still remember, the exact day and time that I was looking at my portfolio and it was at an all time high. And I, I just remember being in just complete shock. Like the, the euphoria was absolutely ridiculous. Like the ability to just, I was, I just remember was looking at it thinking like, all right, so in two months I'm about to be here in three months, I'm about to be here. Just like thinking about where it could go. Cause you know, at the time I actually didn't have any, previous experience with trading into any other field and stuff like that so this was all relatively new to me and i wanted to you know you know make a twitter and document my entire process with you know how i'm feeling what i'm going about doing it and stuff like that and just seeing right that exact moment i was just like in complete shock and uh you know i figured that if it's this high up there's going to be an equally strong force in the opposing direction to balance it out you know like if to fall back to 
I guess, a meme I really didn't see happening. You know, I was kind of anticipating a fall when I was looking at the chart. I was just thinking to myself, like, all I'm waiting for is this fall. Like, I felt it. I knew it was there. I was just thinking, like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, it was always in the back of my mind. But I was just thinking, you know, hopefully, hopefully it can go a little bit longer, go a little bit longer. But obviously, that just did not absolutely happen. But, um, you know, I think the part of the key part here is a lot of people, I don't know if you've been seeing this, but a lot of people are starting to get angry. You've been seeing that on Twitter? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hostile. <laughs> it's uh it's a pretty it's a pretty hostile environment now, man. It's like, whoa. The mood used to be, you know, all this positivity, all these people making money, and now it's just like, you know, you say a few things and people start getting a little bit offended. Exactly. Yeah, no, people uh I, I almost I wish there was a sentiment chart on the uh the responses or like the I, I just consider because my following is growing that just like if there's more minds just to debate with me, but literally anything I post now is a freaking debate. And it's, I, I try to not engage, but there's just some people that I know, like if they have like their wife asking them how much money they've made and they're just not, you know, they're telling them that they haven't made any or what, but they're, they're not happy with what's going on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And for me, the way that I think about things, I don't know the way you go about doing it, but the way I see it is that, in the long term, I'm, I'm bullish on cryptocurrency long term. So the way I see it is, you know, if I believe that this market is going to continue progressing, because um, when I went to consensus, I saw a lot of people, a lot of people making projects. And it was all just fantastic seeing all the different people innovating. And to me, that really solidifies this whole cryptocurrency thing, because I you know saw a lot of it in person. So I feel now like my ability and my attachment to being able to hold long term has significantly solidified i'm not worried about my investments at all i used to you know kind of have that lingering thought in the back of my head where i'd be wondering uh could this happen Mm, could that happen but you know as long as the project and fundamental value remains you know if the fundamental value goes away i'm out you know if the fundamental value goes away stuff starts breaking like more stuff starts becoming fraudulent and all that stuff i'm out you know there's no reason to stay in a market that has no future um but yeah so it's it's really interesting to see people's long-term outlooks what's your mindset going into this bear market and how do you maintain positivity continue posting on twitter influencing and going about it when everybody's pushing against you you know a lot of people are I know where they're coming from in terms of the losses or the, uh, the time that they're passing, like it's already June and I mean, all season quote unquote ended like six months ago. So I get like where the frustration is short term. Plus, you know, being on my computer basically 24 seven, I get that it feels like it's a lot more than six months that has passed. Uh, my outlook for the future, the way I just try to remind people to stay positive is that I look at the market cap. I look at the, the, mainstream adoption not just not like people using the platforms and like all these coins coming out but more of like the the uh, the perception of it people are still interested in what it is going to be uh and i try to remember that looking at market cap this time last year the market cap was i'd have to double check but it was you know exponentially smaller than what it is now it was starting to boom don't get me wrong but it was smaller than the 300k or 300 billion it is um but the year before that, like every year for the past five years, the market cap has grown exponentially. And so that 
and it's not like times two. I'm talking like times four at least. And just that in mind, the market's going to continue growing. It's not like it's going to evaporate. So when I, anytime I post on on Twitter that crypto is dead, it's probably the biggest BS and most sarcastic thing I've ever said because it's far from dead. Uh, the people that are the weak hands and are getting shook at, uh, you know, shaken out, they, they're going to see, um, there's no get rich quick scheme. There's get lucky. You know, there's people that get lucky and then there's, uh, there's patience and crypto is currently in the patience feed, you know? So yeah. you just gotta be patient with long-term holds. Um, and then to remind myself, even I, I've got a chart of Bitcoin pulled up on my computer, like at all times of all t- of like the entire time Bitcoin has started trading from since like uh, early 2011, 2010. And it's come a long way. It was like 10 cents when it came out. So, you know, if we're complaining about 6,800, then we're a little spoiled brats. We got to, we got to be uh, realize how far we've come, you know? I totally agree with that because we have come a long way. You know, the market has come a long way. And that's just something that people have to constantly remind themselves because, you know, as much as we'd like the market, I feel like to keep going in this upward direction, the way that I see it at least is, in order for us to have that next big move up like we did in this past year, you know, we need that recharge, you know, we need that full step back to where this market is not constantly pumping into an oblivion and kind of have a period of time where, you know, that the market can, you know, mature more because right now we're like you were saying earlier, we're in a very immature market right now. And with all these different pairings coming out with the USD pairings, USDT, so on and so forth, Binance starting to, you know, offer more different ways of people to being able to buy these coins. I think it's, you know, very important that the market starts having a little bit more maturity to it because having all these coins tied to Bitcoin and having all the price volatility based off of Bitcoin, I think has got to change, you know? Yeah, I mean, that brings up a, a whole new debate. You know, I've been trying to explain this to people in terms of why Bitcoin dominance is the way it is, uh, you know, and it's, and it's gravity to, to be pretty simple. You know, there's we're in a we're in a big pool and Bitcoin is the heaviest item in it. And so anytime it moves, you're going to know. And, you know, I don't know what the solution to that would be. I would argue that alt to fiat pairings would be would do that. And but at the same time, too. A lot of people would still use Bitcoin to switch between altcoins once they go in with their fiat, right? So there's a, uh, at the same time too, if we want institutional investors in here, we're going to need a lot more stability. And so that's the case when the micro caps start becoming the, the most profitable, whereas your majors probably have a little less volatility because if I'm a hedge fund manager, I don't want to risk my billions on some immature market. So there's just so many options on where the market can go. Fortunately, I think a lot of it is up, but how it gets there is, is what the main question is for me, at least. Yep. A hundred percent, man. So kind of going back a sec, going back into the technical side of things, uh, what are your favorite trend analysis indicators and why? So I love to use, I'm a huge Bollinger band guy. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, worried that he hasn't followed me himself on Twitter yet because he follows all the other B bands guys. But I love the Bollinger bands. Uh, I've actually started about ninety percent of the time now. I'm also compounding them with Keltner channels, uh, and basically they're, they're, it's a similar construct, just different, different uh, 
ways to calculate how the bands are there. You know, Bollinger bands are the deviations um, in, a, in, in a moving average, whereas the counter channels are uh, calculated differently. But what, what I've found is a lot of success in terms of watching the uh, how the price reacts to each each band that is shown. And then uh, what I do just to confirm is the oscillators I'm using are, you know, it includes stochastic. Uh, I used to use the Stoke RSI, but I like just the stochastic. And then I have a separate RSI going. Um, and then I like the Bollinger Band oscillator itself as well, only because the compounding that with the uh, the RSI on buy signals, it's uh, it's like 95% accurate on depending on what time frame you're using. So use those two. Um, in the past, I used MACD. I kind of started getting back to it only because it's really clear when things are bearish. Uh, and then one that I think is very underrated is the uh, the KDJ. And I couldn't tell you how it's calculated, but I know it's on Binance. I know it's on uh, it's uh, in the public library and trading view. And that one tends to be uh, pretty a good co- buying confirmation as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're saying a second ago, what time frames uh, do you look at for what specific situations? Like, how long do you like to keep a trade open if you're looking at the one hour time frame, the four hour time frame, and so on? Because I know a lot of novice traders have a hard time understanding. You know, if you have a trade open the one hour time frame, when is the best time to close it? Four hour, so on. Right. So. It does depend on the trader. Uh, you'll find guys on Twitter like Philicone who prefers the one minute, three minute, and five minute uh, with his Elliott waves. Uh, that's a little stressful for me. Uh, I want to be a little bit more relaxed in my day. So I, when I'm swing trading, I tend to use the one hour, four hour, and six hour. Uh, and then for long term holds, I like to do the you know one day anywhere up to a month, depending on where where I'm buying in at. So. Uh, I kind of, yeah, I use a lot of them just to kind of confirm. I, in most cases, a macro trend on the higher time frames will be more accurate than the lower time frames will be. So I always like to cor- you know, double check that to make sure it's not, uh, it's not going against it. It's always interesting to see the different types of, you know, trading methodologies that people do because, like you said, you know, uh, you know, some people like Filocone trading on the five minute time frame three minute time frame one minute time frame uh so do you actually do any type of day trading at all during the day i mean i know that you know that's kind of how it operates on those lower time frames but do you primarily stick with swing trading i'll do the i'll do the uh i'll do a lot of the interday trading when it's like i need there's a certain criteria i've got established i need volume i need liquidity and i need uh and I need something, I need like a lot of volatility, right? So if it's, if it's a downtrend, especially like when, uh, what was that one that got delisted like a month ago? I think it was CTR or like, yes, yes. CTR got delisted and had that massive dump right before. Right. So I was playing that dump, um, and then the corresponding, uh, rocket back up. I was playing that just by playing the dead cat bounces off of the bands. Uh, and it made me a good amount of money. So that's kind of when I realized the volume was high. There's a lot of volatility because um, the two of those kind of show the range that it can go in a certain time. Right. So uh, when those it's easier to trade for more, I mean, this makes sense, but it's easier uh, in a bull market when things are moving fast and there's a lot of euphoria to make even like faster trades. Yeah, that makes sense. So that being said, 
What do you think about ETC right now? I would buy it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm buying, I'm accumulating a ton of it. I got a few open positions on it right now. Uh, I'm waiting to see, I'm not huge into margin trading yet, but if I could, I'd go long. Uh, I want to see what the options are on it. There's a huge, I'm surprised it only popped so much, but it's, it's a huge falling wedge, uh, OBV bullish divergence. I, you know, that, that, that's one of those coins where it's going to stay cheap maybe right now because there's not much volume in the market, but that's the one, like, it's going to shoot up right when uh, the right when the alts are back, right when the market's back, right when you have new investors just going to Coinbase and unloading their savings accounts. So I'm trying to accumulate as much as I can while I can. Yeah, because I remember, I remember the massive Bitcoin cash pump the second it came out onto Coinbase. I remember that was absolutely ridiculous. And kind of comparing that to where ETC is right now, I remember... I haven't checked the charts today, but I know last night I saw it like went up 20% and I was thinking to myself, it's only up 20%. Right. <laughs> I was like, it's only up 20%. And I remember, I don't know, I don't know where it was at, but I was looking on the, you know, lower time frames about 15 minute, 30 minute, one hour. And I remember it was making a pennant last night. I don't know if it started going up further or broke down, but do you think that right now entering a position for the short term, the short term, not the long term, the short term, you think it would be risky to enter a position right now, considering the the directionality of the market? It's a good question. And again, it depends. I mean, like I told you, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a gambler, so it's worth it to me to get those while, while I can. At the same time, too, I'm just looking at the chart right now. Like, I, I already know Bitcoin's going down. We, there's a chance we see high fives, even lower. Um and that's going to scare a lot of people, and I think a lot of alts are going to drain. And so I'm doing the best I can to just kind of get a good scope of where ETC could go. Uh, but it is a good – you bring a good point up because, I mean, you're going to have a lot of people wanting ETC, but they're not going to want to jump in if the market's going down. So, you know, for the, for the more novice trader or investor, it would probably be a good time to hold off. Um, I think Peter Brandt said – in a tweet once and you know i respect the hell out of peter and he said you know it's better to be on the sidelines wishing you were in rather than being in wishing you were out um, and th- this may be one of those scenarios where you just want to see how it plays out before you go in yeah bad times were you know earlier in the year that i'd enter a position where it was kind of iffy the risk reward wasn't there and i ended up regretting my decision so Plenty learned from those mistakes, man. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, looking at the ETC chart even right now, I'm seeing on the two-week, it shows it could go down. I I, I see it at like 950 to 850. It could could get as low as, depending on how far Bitcoin goes. So definitely would be a good time to hold off on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I figure right now, you know, if you're buying into massive pumps during a bear market, you need to do some (laughs) reevaluation. Right. (laughs) We're still here, though, man. I know a lot of us are just bored at this point. Like, I've been looking at... SPX options and traditional markets again, because honestly, that you know, it's weird to say, but those are that's where the uh, the volume is right now. So yeah, yeah, I was actually I have a friend. He actually messaged me the other day, and he said he started really getting heavily into forex and started playing, uh, started trading in forex. So I haven't actually checked out any type of forex trading yet, but I intend on doing so in the coming weeks. Here, have you ever done anything in that area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I. Uh, because of this market, I've actually just been studying the hell out of currencies in general, Forex uh, included. Uh, and, the, and the one thing I've learned is that the biggest misconception people have is that 
Bitcoin, while while you could argue it's a commodity, it also acts like a currency. So there's two factors you need to consider in the equation. You're not trading into a constant because the U.S. dollar itself or whatever fiat currency is usually fluctuating as well. So that does affect what happens. Uh, and it's made me realize just from looking at Forex, trading a little bit of Forex, that altcoins are more similar to like trading Forex, whereas Bitcoin would be more tr- similar to like a hybrid commodity currency. Definitely not an equity though. A lot of people forget that it's not an equity. So going back a second ago, you're mentioning leverage trading. So have you ever kind of done that before? Have you, I actually just started looking into BitMEX and started trading on BitMEX about uh, two weeks ago and have been doing pretty well since then. So what has gotten you into leverage? Are you going to start doing it? What's your feelings on that type of stuff? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, all for it. I need to personally, I want to make sure I know what I'm doing in terms of like succeeding more times than not in the positions that I'm over. I'm doing what I can. I've been, te- I've been training on the test net probably for like two or three months now, just like in my free time, you know, Oh, I'll, I'll go long here. I'll short here. Not playing with leverage too much only because I'm uh, I'm a little impulsive when I, when I see an opportunity. And so the last thing I need to do is enable myself to go wreck my account in case <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, so like I said, I'm just trying to uh, do what I can to get as best as I can while I can. So that way, when the next bull market comes, I can be ready to go. No, it's funny <laughs> that you say that, man. I know some people that just go absolutely nuts with the leverage, you know, see my, uh, I have a few friends that, you know, send me screenshots as they're trading on BitMEX and stuff. And it's the, the funniest thing. Cause, uh, we make a move and then I see Bitcoin go in the opposite direction and I'm just <laughs> like, oh man, oh man. <laughs> All, all I got to do is like follow two uh, two feeds on Twitter, BitMEX wrecked and like OK coin or like OKX wrecked. And there's been like 10 times where I'm like, wow, I would go like 10 times, you know, 10 times long here. And next thing I know, it's like liquidated long, liquidated long. I'm like, oh, wow, that would be me. So guess you got to get it right. right? Yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly, man. I've actually been fortunate enough not to be wrecked yet. I've never been liquidated yet. I've made about uh, five to six trades so far. Um, I've been actually doing fairly well for myself in terms of ROI, uh, not playing with too much in my portfolio right now. Cause I really want to get used to leverage trading in general. So I only got a few thousand dollars in it, but you right. know, like before I start going absolutely nuts with starting to do all these trades and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, man, I feel like just like watching the market, watching how people can easily just get liquidated is just a, a scary thought, especially if you're going big on a trade, going big. If you're going big on a trade with a high percentage of your portfolio, uh, your trading portfolio, it's got to be a, a very, very worrisome moment <laughs> of watching the market right? nonstop. As I happens. mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just seeing like there's people out there that like if you when you see the liquidations that are like whatever contract value, but basically they lose like probably six figures themselves um, and the whatever trades reflecting like seven figures in terms of like what leverage they were using. It's like. Why with this much chop going on, you want to know what direction it's going before you before you open a long or a short because it's the one minute it's moving real slow. The next minute it drops a thousand dollars in 10 minutes. Right. So people if there's people out there that aren't being that smart with their money. Not that they don't deserve it, but they need to be smarter with it. Yep. A hundred percent, man. And I think right now that 
it's a we're in a period of time right now where you know back in december reflecting that you know people were trying to short the market all the way up and people just kept getting wrecked in shorting the market and i think right now i saw a tweet about this the other day and i think it's very true that we're in a position right now where you have to start be care- being careful about where you long the market for you know on the longer time frame you know i think it's starting to get to a point where you know that this idea of coming back and bouncing back super fast like people initially thought is uh starting to get out of the question because you know it's starting to you know bitcoin's starting not to look too well you know breaking that that wedge that we saw earlier that people were all talking about breaking that starting to head downward i think it's starting to you know really solidify for some people that you know you got to be a little bit more careful about when you go long especially with leverage yeah exactly yep. and you know just looking at the bitmex chart right now it's uh Depending on where you timed it, I'm on the two week. It it's uh, it doesn't look good. You know, it it looks like we're going like at least five k. And and I'll, I'll get. Tr- I'm a historic bull. Like, I'm not sure how long you've been uh, on my feed on Twitter, but up until about May, I was probably the most bullish person next to you know parabolic trap, and my my arguments just kept working. <laughs> I kept losing arguments. You know, everything just kept breaking down. So being realistic. It sucks, but, you know, a good time to accumulate more. The one thing I won't be able to take is when we go bullish again. It might not even be 2018, but when we do, if I see a tweet that's like, oh, wait, come back. I need more. You're like, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> oh, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude, that's the, that's, the, that's me the funniest part. It's going to be right when this market turns around, whenever it turns around, it's going to be it's going to be like people starting to FOMO back into the market and be like, oh, darn, I just need to wait for it to come back down give me one more paycheck no man you've had like six months <laughs> you've had six months and who knows by the time it actually turns around because you know the way that's going right now it's looking like we're starting the next formation of the long-term trend here so you know it may, yeah, like you said it may not even be 2018 when this thing turns around but you know when it does i i can't wait man i cannot wait for this ride up i cannot wait for the ride up but uh uh, yeah. So what do you recommend on new traders on how to get started in trading in general? Like what's your best piece of advice for them? Yeah. So when it comes to cryptocurrencies uh, or just trading in general, the best thing you can do is just keep learning uh, and learn anywhere and everywhere. So depending on what approach you want to take, if you've decided one, it's more of a understanding of, I'd recommend that you start to understand market cycles, um, whether it's Bitcoin going parabolic and then crashing or Amazon climbing the way it's climbing in the traditional markets. Just understand the balance of things uh, because you need to, there's no such thing as a, a perma bull or like a perma bear. You, there's people that profit from, they need to remove their bias from the trade and you'll profit most when you can remove that bias and see things as they are. And I try to tell this to people on Twitter all the time. As much as I love to call things and be like, yep, altcoin's going to this this Satoshi or Bitcoin's going to 5,100, boom. Um, trading is more strategic than that. It's You're not a weatherman. You're more of like a chess player. And I got to know what move was made ahead in order to move what, you know, in order to know what move I need to make, if that makes sense. So, you know, biggest... Biggest recommendation for them would be educate yourselves, you know, never stop learning uh, everything market wise, you know, 
practice removing the bias from your trades. Uh, and then also just understanding that there's two routes. There's so many options from what one action on what can happen, if that makes sense. There's not just one route a price action can go. You know, you got to be able to, it's more reactive than predictive. What's your long-term outlook on cryptocurrency in the next 10 years? Bullish. Very bullish. I don't even think the, uh, I don't even think the bubbles began to be honest. Uh, dot com era, $20 trillion market cap was the assumed value of all the companies that were out then. Uh, that was the peak of the market cap, I believe. And we haven't even hit 1 trillion. So people talk about a, uh, a bubble. I don't disagree. I just don't, th- I think my timeline in terms of where they think it started hasn't even started yet. <laughs> That's going to be a really interesting time, man. And it's going to be great continuously going on Twitter and going up with you, man. It's been a great time talking to you on the podcast today. Awesome, brother. Appreciate it. Talk to you yeah, soon. Later, my man.